summoned the Scream Writers Podcast, the premier podcast welcoming both veteran and up-and-coming horror screenwriters slay their craft. <laughs> and now your hosts. Welcome to the Scream Writers Podcast. I'm Patrick Mediate, New York in June on Twitter, and I'm joined, as I have been for the full second season, by Katie Moyer. Katie, what did you think about like the return of our holiday Scream Writers Podcast theme song? I mean, I just love that I- thing. I, I love it. I, I mean, I, I would say it's jolly, but it's also kind of creepy. It's creepy yeah. jolly. Yeah, it's creepy <laughs> jolly. But it always gets me like in the mood for like Christmas horror stuff, of which, oh. you know, I'm I'm kind of kicking ourselves for not having a true Christmas horror guest yet. So I'm mm. still on the hunt. So maybe it's going to happen. I'm, I'm still looking for someone who has that like Christmas horror writer crossover. It's very niche. It's very niche. It is niche, but there are some really good ones out there. I mean, Rare Exports for me is a must-watch every Christmas. Get me the Rare Exports person. Get them for me, Katie. I believe You know people in high places. I I can look into it, but I remember us having this conversation and realizing that neither of us could pronounce his name. That's true. So we kind of nixed that idea. Yeah, Um. because he's foreign, right? (laughs) He's like Swedish or something. Swedish. Yes. yes, Swedish, yes. But I still think we can find him somewhere. So I'm going to keep pursuing. And if you think of anyone, and if our listeners know anyone personally that does Christmas horror stuff, please hit us up at ScreamWritersPC on Twitter and be like, hey, I know a horror screenwriter Christmas person. Shoot us a message. Our DMs, PMs, whatever you call them, are open. Mm. We have nothing to hide, right? No, sure, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, nothing at all. Nothing uh-huh. to hide at all. We're just no, just Christmas presents. Niche. That's all I'm hiding. Christmas is coming, but what about Thanksgiving? Because that happened last week. So h- how did your Thanksgiving go? Uh, Thanksgiving was wonderful. Lots of turkey, lots of pie. Mm, um, pie. We love pie. We I eat, the, I suffer the turkey for the pie. Sometimes for <laughs> leftovers, there's so much pie that I just skip the turkey and just go for a whole pie. Just do the whole pie. Well, it, I think it's mandatory breakfast the mm-hmm. day after Thanksgiving. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. What's yeah. your favorite pie? Uh, Dutch apple. Oh, it's delicious. A little whipped cream, a little ice cream, a little a la mode. Yes, a little ice cream. But yeah, that, mm. the Dutch apple with the crumblies on top. Mm. So warm that's that, the best pie. Warm that up in the in the microwave or in the oven and get a little like apple crisp going on with some ice cream <gasps> just melts on top. <laughs> now I'm hungry. <laughs> so you had a good Thanksgiving. <gasps> had a great Thanksgiving. How was your yeah. Thanksgiving? It was wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. I spent a lot of time with my little nephew who's like one year and I don't know, four months or something like that. Who's counting? Who's counting? I just count the teeth. (laughs) And he's got a lot more teeth than he did when he first started out in this world. And he can eat things. So he's now eating like real food. And oh, it's, how fun. It's, it's a joy. So he can really, really enjoy Thanksgiving. He like loves to eat. And made a mess, I bet. I made a total mess. Total mess. We, we don't, <laughs> it, my sister just doesn't clothe him when he eats because she's like, I don't want to have to worry about it. So she just strips him, sticks him in mm. the, you know, in the high chair and just lets clever. him go to town. Very clever. I like that. Yeah, he yeah. enjoyed his Thanksgiving, I think, the most. And me watching him enjoy his Thanksgiving, I, I enjoyed it. I'm grooming him a little bit for being a horror aficionado. I, I have oh, a gift that my sister gave me for my birthday. And the gift is 15 minutes with my nephew. His name is Vincenzo. And mm-hmm. very Italian because we're Italians. Mm-hmm. And I get 15 minutes with him in my theater to show him anything I want, any movie I want. 
Oh my goodness. So I've been thinking- Have you made a list? I've been thinking long and hard about it. And I want to show him a horror film. But Mm -hmm. I think I want to show him like a kid horror film that I used to watch as a kid, like Witch's Night Out or one of those animated horror movies that made Mm -hmm. me, you know, that made me like get into the horror genre. So then it kind of eases him in. Like we were talking to Mick about family horror. It's that gateway. Entry horror. Entry horror. That gateway entry horror that gets the, the youngins into our world yeah i personally love they did the made for tv ray bradbury's the halloween tree mm, okay and that i actually read that to evie this halloween of course she has no reading comprehension so she didn't know what i was doing but oh, of course. i did have fun reading that to her before bedtime this halloween yeah. this october so okay i'll have to check that one out i haven't heard of that one of mine was uh well witch's night out was a big one it was an mm-hmm. animated film and then I really liked ha- the night Dracula saved the world with um, Judd Hirsch. Is his name Judd Hirsch or Emil Hirsch? Judd Hirsch. The, the older Hirsch. One of the Hirsch. Yeah, Judd. Yeah. Judd Hirsch. The one that was in Independence Day. Yeah. And a bunch of other stuff. Judd Hirsch played Dracula. And then it's got all of his like Wolfman, Dracula, the witch. And I guess Halloween's going to end. They have to save the world. It's this big thing. I'm thinking about showing him that too. There's going to be some thing there. So I'm... I'm I'm kind of thinking about it. It's it's either that or or Krampus. I, I don't know. Sure. <laughs> what about Scooby Doo Halloween special? Scooby Doo Halloween. Um, okay, that'll that would work. That would yeah, work. Yeah, they have the Sleepy Hollow one. It's a Halloween special. Oh, okay, I got we got some options I, I, here. I could go on forever. Yeah, we got some <laughs> options here. So I'm milling it over, but I think I want to do that before he gets. Well, too you'll old. have to weigh your options and judge them, which is kind of like what we're talking about today, right? Oh, a little bit. That hey, that was a clever segue into that, Katie. Look at you. Thank Se- you. Segue into our topic of the hour. <laughs> yeah, we're kind of talking a little bit about the good old uh, time of year again, where early entry is upon us for the film festival. Ba 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 da ba ba da ba. Screenwriting contest. Ba ba screenwriting contest. Yeah, it's that time of year again. So uh, we have a s- two special guests on the show today mm-hmm. from Horror Origins. Horror Origins. Or horror Origins. Yeah, I guess that it's all one word and it always trips my tongue up. Horror Origins. Horror Origins mm. is one of the hottest up and coming festivals for horror out there. I'm telling you. I've tried to get into this festival as a selection, as a finalist, as a winner, as anything. And that's why I have them on the show today, because I'm thinking maybe if I get on their good side, maybe it's like an in for them to like pay special attention to <laughs> Daughters of the Moon, which I've already submitted early entry. I don't know. Is this, am I reaching for the stars? Am I, am I grasping or the straws? Moon. Or the moon? Or... Are you hoping to lasso the moon? I'm hoping, oh, yeah, Mary, I'm going to lasso Jimmy? it down. I'm going to pull it down <laughs> for you and I'm going to wrap it up. And Yes, I am hoping that I can kind of achieve some sort of thing with them where where I get on their good side. So they, I don't know. I don't know what I'm hoping. But I'm hoping that having them on at least makes them feel good and we learn about them because it really is an up-and-coming thing and um, they're doing a great job and their awards are super cool. They're these like mummy statuettes, which I'm always like sold by the awards like I am the wines when you go in the store and you look at like the Mm -hmm. fancy label and I'm like, I want this wine because it's got the best label ever. So that's what makes Horrigan so great. 
It's really the statues. <laughs> it's really just the statues. Have you submitted to any festivals, Katie, recently or in back in the day? Back in the day, yes. Recently submitted to actually a fiction podcast, which uh, was selected. We were in the top 15, but that was just for podcast fiction, which was a fun new experience for me. But back in the day, I used to submit pretty often. Um, but I can also say that I was not a great script writer at that point. I had been told many, many times by my professors that I had great stories, but I, um, I think Seppi mentioned too, lower the adverbs. <laughs> like, you know, I would get long and I would get, and uh, that's why I tend, I would tend to gravitate toward uh, prose, but I know over the years and over the feedback and coverage, I think that was one of the most valuable things is a lot of the festivals I submitted to would give coverage. I had learned a lot from them and have uh, taken it into my writing moving forward. And now I find it very easy to flip back and forth between script writing and um, novel or novella writing. Just being able to switch off that piece that says, you don't get to say the path was brick. They'll decide mm -hmm. what, what the path is made out of. Like <laughs> Yeah. No, it makes perfect sense. I, I use screenplay writing festivals as a litmus test for my screenplays. Mm -hmm. Like if I continue to be a finalist in something or and I win things or I, you know, quarterfinals, it's a judge for me that like it's validation enough that like this thing is resonating with someone somewhere. And it makes me feel good. I feel good about my writing at this point anyway, but at least earlier on in my career, I would like to submit to as most festivals as possible so I can see how my writing is doing. Is it getting better? Am I getting more selections? Am I a finalist in more screenplay writing festivals and film festivals? We have a great episode. Katie, I know you've listened to this episode in our first season. Episode 19, season one, where we talk a lot about screenplay festivals. Uh, mm -hmm. we, it's entitled Screenplay Festivals, The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. And <laughs> it, it talks about, um, we have Vanessa on the show from, it was once called Women in Horror, right? And now it's called yes. Renegade. And, yeah, um, more inclusive. More inclusive, correct. And she talks a lot about festivals. We really dish the dirt on festivals. So if you want to hear about that kind of thing with festivals, definitely listen to episode 19, season one. It really goes into it. But I really love to talk about horror gens on a ground level about the behind the scenes, pull back the curtain of the festival, talk about how it got started, how they judge things, all of that fun stuff. See about the inner workings of everything. And uh, I just love seeing how things work, how things tick, just pull it apart and see all the gears going, you know? Yeah, and understanding how festivals can play a part in a screenwriter's career, which I think, you know, looking beyond just the, the laurels and the accolades, being mm -hmm. seeing how they can really help elevate your the overall career that you can have as a screenwriter mm -hmm, mm -hmm, absolutely and this is the time of year like i said it's early entry time so if you're going to enter a screenwriting festival enter it when it's at its earliest submission rate and and usually that's in the beginning of the launch of that year's festival so check out filmfreeway.com it's one of the best resources for narrowing it down to horror and seeing which ones accept feature length screenplays and then from there make sure that you submit for their first entry window if your screenplays already done but you're at the end of their entry window wait until next year because there's plenty of other festivals that are in the entry early entry window but i have to say as you get into february march april it's it's very rare that you're going to be at an early entry period most of those start at the end of the year because a lot of horror film festivals end around 
you know, October, Halloween, they all want to end at this time of year, right? Right. Uh, Be aware. Be aware of what's going on. Make a list. You know, create your Google Doc of all. That's what I like to do. I create a Google Doc of all of the festivals that I'd like to enter, the ones that look fun. They have the best looking trophies. It's very rare that you get a screenwriting or film festival that is going to get you a job in the industry. And again, we talk about this in season one. But, you know, unless you're submitting to Nickel or I think ScreenCraft is probably a good one because I've heard of people winning ScreenCraft and going on to get deals for their screenplays or get optioned. But it's very rare for a horror writer to actually get the highest honor of being signed by an agent or a manager from their horror screenplay. It's kind of rare. There's only a few select festivals that do that, you know. But it could get you read. And if you have, and I think mentioning the conversation we had with Mick, if you have a repertoire, people may be asking you to read other things. And, you know, there are opportunities for that. Yeah. Do it for fun, too. (laughs) So, yeah, let's get into this conversation with the Horrorgens guys. Let's give them the grand introduction because these guys are awesome. They have lengthy bios and they've been doing a lot. They're very nuanced in their careers. So let's, uh, without further ado, introduce both of them. First up, Brandon Waits. Brandon is an entrepreneur who served four years in the U.S. Air Force, which included tours into Iraq and Pakistan. After serving, he received his B.S. in business and his M.A. in film and television production with a concentration in producing. He worked under Hollywood Academy Award-nominated producers Chris Bender and producer J.C. Spink, Bender Spink, who produced films like The Butterfly Effect, American Pie, Final Destination, A History of Violence, Where the Millers, The Hangover series, The Ring, and Disney's live-action Mulan. Brandon is attached as an associate producer on the independent horror film Followed and is currently developing multiple feature films with filmmakers. Brandon also co-founded multiple small businesses to include the film Empire, which gave up-and-coming screenwriters and filmmakers the opportunity to meet Hollywood mentors. Brandon founded the company Horrorgens in 2019 as an online media platform, which also hosts an annual film festival in Tucson, Arizona, and virtually, which we're going to talk about today. Horrorgens focuses on and recognizes the writers and filmmakers and celebrates their original voices. Hashtag where horror is born. Other than movies and filmmaking, Brandon's passion is spending time with his wife and his six kids. He's a busy, busy man. Next up, Armand Baradi. Armand is a blossoming filmmaker and screenwriter from Virginia Beach, Virginia. In 2012, he received a Bachelor of Communication and Arts in Cinema and Television at Regent University. His first gig in the entertainment industry was working with No Malice of Grammy-nominated rap duo The Clips. He was featured in the Huffington Post as a top networker in Hollywood due to his extensive background in producing film, television, and music panel and Q&A events. Armand co-founded the film Empire that, in addition to events, offers a series of film and screenwriting mentorship initiatives featuring notable names in film and television production. Armand's passions as a storyteller include bridging entertainment and humanitarian efforts, in addition to being a voice for Asian Americans in cinema. In 2018, Armand launched Armandourage for film, television, and music events and initiatives that spotlight and give back to special causes such as mental health, suicide prevention endeavors, cancer prevention, and children's art programs, all the while connecting people. Armand strives to write, produce, and direct original content. Armand has been the official host of Horrorgen's Film Festival since its inception in 2019. Welcome, Armand and Brandon, to the show. Hey. Thank, you. hey, thank you for having us. Thanks for taking the time out tonight. I know it's like late 
we're all kind of like tired and it's the end of the day. So I really appreciate you guys taking the time. We've been trying to get you on the show for quite some time now, right, Brandon? Like literally since season one, I've been emailing you. We're trying to work out a time, but you're super busy. So I'm glad we're able to finally connect. Yeah, I'm glad it finally uh, worked out. Thank you for having us. Yeah. And thanks for bringing Armand on too. We get two guests for the price of one. Originally, it was just going to be you. And now we got you both on here. So excited about that. Yep. Yeah. Armand helps host and uh, organize our film festival. So he's a very valuable member of our team. So I'm glad you guys allowed him to come on. Thank you. Let's just kick this right off because we're really curious about your film festival, Horrigins. It's becoming big in the community. It's the word has gotten, certainly gotten out. At what year are you guys in with this festival? Our fourth year. You're definitely making a name for yourselves. You're, you're somewhere that I seek out to send my horror screenplays to. You're one of the few festivals that do allow and appreciate and nurture unproduced horror screenplays, which is incredible. I think that's really valuable to submit and, and get feedback. And it's definitely some something that's valued in the uh, festival industry or festival circuit or whatever you like to call it. How did Horrigins come to be? Oh, that's funny. Actually, uh, Herman and I started a company uh, back like, what, 2017, Herman, or 16? Yeah, it was like the end of 2016 into 2017. Yeah, and it is called the Film Empire, where we kind of do something similar to Horrigins, but we do all genres. And I am such a big fan of horror that I decided to start my own company separate from the Film Empire, where I could solely focus on horror screenwriters and filmmakers. And my whole philosophy is to have open communication. I'm sure you guys have seen it, but like on Twitter, if somebody messages me or uh, comments, I try to make sure that I respond to everybody. I want everyone to feel like they're part of the Horrigans family. So back in 2019, I started Horrigans just kind of like out of the blue. One day I was like, you know what, I'm going to do this. And I want to say it was the end of March of 2019. We had our festival in October. Not a long turnaround from the time I started to our deadlines. And I just wanted to see how I did it the first year. A lot of learning and things I didn't realize that took place in a festival. As a filmmaker who had done a couple shorts and, you know, having to deal with DCPs, which which Armand can tell you, one of our first shorts we did together, we were kind of overwhelmed by one DCP. Like, what the hell, hell is this? Yeah, DCP? yeah, yeah. I was like, <laughs> we're like, what's a DCP? The money that, you know, we had to shell out for it, we were kind of overwhelmed by it. But then starting the festival and having to deal with 60, 70 DCPs that had to be sent in for a theater kind of caught me off guard. And I wasn't sure if I wanted to deal with it. But we got through the theater. We held our first festival in Atlanta, Georgia at Cinevision. They were great. They're a very small theater, but they were very welcoming. And it was a great place to host our first festival. Yeah. And what was really cool about uh, 2019 was was when Brandon approached me about it. He goes, hey, man, listen, I'm not trying to eat into the time of the film, film empire because I know it's our thing, but I want to start Origins specifically for horror. And he was kind of he was like, hey, how do you feel about this? I'm like, yo, go for it, dude. Like, that's an amazing thing. I, I know that the horror community is such a very, it's very, they're very communal, right? So everybody has each other's backs. And I was like, yeah, man, just go for it. And uh, I remember him approaching me to host the 2019 kickoff festival. It's really cool to see things start from early conception to like where they go later on. So like, you know how like Apple start off in a garage and then you see where it is now. How yeah, so you guys start didn't start off in, in like a cemetery or something, did you? No, 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 no. How that cool would have been? Be a, that's a true origin story. How cool <laughs> would have been? So he was like, hey, man, can you come host this for me? 
it's in Atlanta. He's like, yeah, well, I mean, it's our first, it's our first year. So don't expect much. And I'm like, dude, I don't care if it's three people. I don't care if it's 300 people. I'm there. Cause I like seeing how things start off and then seeing later on where they go. And so we hosted it. It was a lot of fun. And what was really cool was that kind of like what I said earlier, like whether it's three or three people or 300 people, everyone I've met at the festivals each of the years, they're like, Hey man, like of all the horror festivals, like this is one, even though it's still growing, this is one where it feels like it's an actual community like i actually like this better than other festivals that's the strong point for origins is that it's like everyone wants you want each other to succeed it's cool that the, com the community is very open in discussion with each other two days prior to the festival this year some of the filmmakers in the in the entries they hung out with us at a, uh, a haunted house and so it's really cool to, to see that happen and so that's why that's what really draws people i think to horgans in its early years was the screenwriting element of it there from the start because a lot of these festivals they do the the films and the screenings because that's easy right but the screenwriting has a different thing to it all together it's, it's really its own beast because you need to have judges that know how to read a screenplay know how to look at a screenplay and then understand what makes a great screenplay to then be a good film to recommend to you know whoever's interested you need to know what that like gold star quality is in the screenplay was that there for the beginning because a lot of festivals don't include that in the, the first few years and then they like then they have that later on but was that always with it Oh, uh, yes, it, it was the start of the film empire. We actually did the same thing, screenwriting and films. So when I did Horgens, I want to do the same thing. Our tagline is where horror is born. So I want to recognize not just, you know, the filmmakers at film festivals, but screenwriters. And like Herman was stating, we had filmmakers who came out here to Arizona where our festival is now. Not just filmmakers, but screenwriters. They didn't have no films showing in the theater, but they came out to support the filmmakers. And uh, our tagline is where horror is born to support not just the filmmakers, but the vision that the writer has in their head while they're writing. So when I find my judges, I typically look for people who are writer directors or writer producers, people who have the experience to judge either screenplays or films. Yeah, because it's so easy to give credit to like the directors and producers. I think it's, it's not as frequent that people think about the writing that went into into it, you know, because writers are the ones who stare at the blank screen and, and without the script, then what can a director do? So I think that's why Brandon really wanted to zero in on the screenwriters in the horror genre. We also tried to recognize like the composers, the editors, actors, actresses. Yeah, yeah best actors. Yeah, yeah we, we hand awards out to all, all of them. And another good component or a cool component is that we offer mentorships to certain winners. So for example, we have had uh, Barbara Muschietti, the producer of It and It Chapter 2. Her brother is actually the director. They also did the, uh, I don't know if you guys have seen it, but there's a feature that was based off of a short called Mama. You guys yes, ever seen yes. it? Yes. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. So she's a pretty big uh, producer in the horror community. We've had a producer from Blumhouse, Jennifer Trent. We've had a lot of just mentors who are willing to give their time to are winning filmmakers and i think it's cool because we're able to put the independent community with the mainstream community and actually this year what we started doing was we actually gave some awards out to some uh mainstream uh, we had best mainstream director and best mainstream film which film went to uh werewolves within by uh josh rubin yeah and we, we had josh on in, on our first season 
Oh, wow. About, that's awesome. Yeah, right Small before World. Werewolves Within came out. We were talking about Scare yeah. Me at the time. Yeah, that's awesome. And then we gave Best Director to Nia DaCosta. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I was just thinking about what you were mentioning, like when you're finding the judges. And it, I think it's so important to have judges that know not just screenwriting, but also horror. Because reading horror is a very different, like understanding how that plays on screen. Is there a certain theme that or type of horror that your judges gravitate to? Or are you welcoming all kinds of horror uh, we're welcoming all kinds of horror i mean we get you know the paranormal supernatural the horror comedy the submissions that we get for horror comedy are actually like really good one of the things i try to do is i try well i don't try i don't judge at all because i have such a large network of horror screenwriters and horror directors producers whatnot so i want there to be integrity within the horrors community so just because i know somebody and they're selected or they win I don't want people thinking, oh, it's because they know the guys at Horrigans, so that's why right. I wanted to. It's not like that at all. Right, There's right. So so you're that. saying that like it's it's a total waste that I got you on the show just so I could get my next screenplay in as Patrick's a, as gonna a, end the interview a, right because now. I, I think we're done here. I think we're done here. Now I, I did I, I did submit to Horrigans for next year early because you just opened your you know, early, early, early. I I did submit the new screenplay, but this has nothing to do with that, I promise you. But no, that is very oh, that is a good that is a good point that you pick judges and don't judge yourself because it would be you don't want yeah, that kind of pressure. Sure. Did you uh, did you get the rejection letter already? <laughs> my fingers and toes are both crossed. So actually, it's <laughs> my, me and my writing partner. I I partnered with Katie. Just actually finished reading it. Um, it's called Daughters of the Moon. But I co-wrote it with my um, writing partner Aaron McLean, who works on Walking Dead. He does like all the SFX and stuff. Oh, um, so like we had such a ride and a good time with it. So we're we're excited to just like submit it, you know, around and do the festival circuit next year. Yeah. Well. You know, we really appreciate you guys giving us a shot to uh, read it, you know. Um, oh, yeah. Like Herman said, it's all about being like, to, to me, a family. And I feel bad whenever we have to reject screenplays or right. films. It's right. typically, it's nothing against the writer. It's nothing against the film. With theaters, we're set on a certain amount of time that we have. So we do have to take out some films and send them rejection letters. And we hope that they'll give us another chance in the future. We respect everyone. We know the amount of hard work that goes into either writing or making a film so we we don't trash anyone or anything like that so anyone that does submit if you get a rejection letter from us it's not personal or anything we we hope you give us another opportunity in the future yeah and i think that's so important for you to say because a lot of screenwriters they submit and they're like i didn't get picked i got rejected mm -hmm. because my work wasn't good but that's rarely the case and we've had other festival directors on the show to talk about this as well and it's just not the case it doesn't mean that your screenplay was good you can only pick so many <laughs> exactly. to go on the festival it's like you know for all everybody else knows you have 30 screenplays that were just stellar but you have to pick some you know exactly yeah. Yeah. you guys would probably be surprised at how much like hate emails we get just oh because God. we don't yeah uh I, stop uh, hating on uh, origins yeah. stop yeah. hating on festivals <laughs> for not selecting your screenplays because because they're not not selecting them because they're not good like i just exactly. need to keep putting that out there it's it's you know like you said you have to pick you gotta pick yeah i i, I got an email basically telling uh me to kill myself because they weren't picked oh you God. know so <laughs> yeah but, oh, um, no. okay, okay, people, that's not a way to get ahead in this industry. No. Let's well, relax here. It's so important to note, too, like, you're not picking because they're bad. It's just that the others that were submitted, I mean, it's a terrible to say, but are, were better. 
And so, you know, if you keep submitting and keep trying, you're eventually going to be in that top 10 or top 30 or top level. It's just, you know, you got to find that niche, that, that festival that's going to get you there. Yeah. And even if they're not better, right? Like even if they're not, it's not a case of them being better. It may just be a case of like, you thought the screenplay about like uh, zombies was better than the screenplay about something else. It it just doesn't, it just might be a thematic thing. Or dolls. Or dolls. Yeah. And and that's the thing for the people that resubmit that keep giving us a chance, like we get to see their growth. And so that is something that can help them, you know, become an official selection. If their first screenplay maybe had a whole bunch of grammatical errors or whatnot, then my judges in the future will see the growth that they've had from the first one they submitted to the second one to the third one and whatever, and be like, you know what? We've seen their growth and they deserve to be selected as official selection importance this year. Yeah, well, let's talk about that for a second, because what criteria do you judge on or do your judges judge on in the screenwriting category in, you know, in the same regard, what in your mind makes for a great horror screenplay? So I uh, I interned back in what 2015 with Bender Spink. The company mm-hmm. is now known as Good Fear, which is ran by Chris Bender, a mentor of mine who's produced a lot of great movies. I believe he's like involved in The Ring, a lot of comedies also. One of the things that they said is they won't just you know kick a screenplay screenplay to the side just because there's a couple errors, you know. But once it starts becoming consistent, where every page there's error, uh, mm-hmm. it doesn't follow proper structure, the beats whatnot then my team will start dinging them for that Uh, i think one of the biggest things that's important is concepts and there's so many like zombie screenplays out there that they tend to not be original so they get old towards the judges you know what i mean they want to see like the fresh new ideas not what's in right now if that makes sense if everyone's writing about zombies you don't necessarily want to write about zombies but yeah I i would say concept is huge so really putting a focus on originality yeah, yeah, and that's one of the reasons why I came up with the Hordens name, you know? Originality is very important. Yeah, so it plays a part to be the first. Um, yes, there's, yes, There's a great <laughs> be the story. First, be the first Be submission. the first one. Uh, there's a, there's a, yeah, that too. Uh, there's a great story. Don, uh, Don Cuscarelli um, talks about all of the influences of uh, Phantasm and how it came to be. And when you look at all of his influences in individual they're like nobody knows how you could have come up with phantasm from them but it's an original story because of it exactly you know a movie i really liked and it's a zombie movie and honestly i'm not huge into zombies just because it's oversaturated but uh there's a movie called maggie have you guys seen that yeah with arnold right yeah arnold and And abigail breslin yeah abigail yeah yeah and i love that movie you know being a dad like i couldn't imagine being in his shoes and have to decide like do I go with my family or do I stay here with my daughter? It's just a great story and it's, it's a zombie story, and, but it's original take on a zombie story. What would you guys do if, if that happened to your kids, you know? Yeah. Well, it did. you know what's funny about Maggie is I actually co-wrote my first screen, par screenplay with Kristen. And the, the theme was sort of similar to Maggie in a way. It was about a cop, an ex, like NYPD cop, and his daughter is abducted on a field trip in New York City. And it turns out that she is sold into the zombie slave trade in Haiti. Wow. So he has to go to Haiti to try to like find his daughter that's been sold into the slave trade. And this stuff actually exists in Haiti. Like there is a legitimate zombie slave trade and they use like the zombification as a cover for like a sex trade and like for for a slave trade. 
it's wow. wild. So yeah, it, it had a lot of comparisons to Maggie, which is which is funny you mentioned that. That's awesome. That's awesome. It. I'd watch it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, speaking of awesome movies that were very successful, I'm. We've talked about Josh Rubin, but have you ever had any other like awesome success stories with winning screenwriters? Oh, with our screenwriters, actually, I've uh, connected a few screenwriters that have won with some producers. For example, we have Kevin Kevin Talley. He was our first year 2019 short film screenplay winner and he had a script called Bathwater. I connected him with Angela Mancuso, one of the executive producers of Happy Death Day and Happy Death Day to You. Last I heard, they were discussing potentially turning it into a feature. It's it's a festival where, you know, you don't just submit to the festival because there's so many festivals out there. It's like you submit to it and it's like a guy in his basement judging the screenplays and he charges you $70 to read your screenplay and then he's like, hey, this was great. You're an official selection. You're first place. You're a runner up your fourth runner up your fifth runner up <laughs> and then afterwards you get your laurels you get like a little certificate and he's like oh that was fun bye you know and and then yep. nothing happens yeah exactly that's one of the things i want with origins is like the integrity of our festival i want us to be known as family oriented and you know if anyone ever has an issue i try to resolve it immediately if anyone ever wants to message us with questions, I try to respond as soon as I can. There's too many of those festivals out there like that, and I don't want to be classified as one of those. There's a few festivals that I really look up to and how they handle things. I've kind of tried to mold origins into the festivals that I respect and look up to. Yeah, it's not just for the laurel. I was just having this conversation with a friend of mine where it's like so many are just like, look at how many laurels my screenplay has. And it's like, but there's nothing coming of it. <laughs> where it sounds like that you guys really work to make sure that, that you make the connection happen for these writers. Exactly. Yeah, that's important to us. The connections are important because we do want those success stories. We want people to hopefully their careers just explode because, you know, we're able to connect them up with a uh, producer or whatnot. An older fest, which has been around for a while. Is there Shriek Fest or Shriek yeah, Fest? Fest in L.A.? Is there Shriek oh, Fest? Yeah, yeah um, I love Shriek Fest, and I, I think that's yeah. just a great festival. What they do is they really connect people to collaborate and work together, and that's the goal of mine. So we're still we're still young and we're still working on it, but hats off to the team over there because we really respect what they're doing. What are your thoughts about the role screenplay festivals serve in a screenwriter's career as a whole? I like them because I feel like they're, in a way, resume boosters, you know? So I, I know personally a lot of literary reps who specifically will take a meeting with you only if you place in a contest or place in a in a uh, festival. And that's not to say anyone, like not everyone will, will do that, but like most of them that I personally know. So I think it's a good way to vet writers. It offers them opportunities that they won't get on a normal basis. So say that I live in like random place like Boonies in, in Texas, you know? And my only way to the industry to get recognized through a, through, through a contest and I place or I win. It's like, that's a perfect way to be seen by reps who are actively looking for writers, for new talent. What do you think screenwriters should watch out for? Are there red flags in the festival circuit that screenwriters should look out for? I mean, Harjins, when speaking to you guys and knowing about the festival, it's legit. You guys are really legit. You work with some incredible judges. You've had some incredible talent come through and you've supported that talent. You're a great community. But what would be some red flags that screenwriters should look out for when choosing a festival to spend their hard-earned money on? Festivals, just like Origins, had to start off on year one, right? 
So if I was looking at Horgens in year one and I saw that, hey, there's no, there's no history to it, how can I trust it, right? What I look for is, is there a mentor attached to the screening contest for the film festival? Because having that name attached provides legitimacy. If a big producer, like any of the ones that Brandon had named, if they find interest in attaching themselves to the festival, then it provides legitimacy to it. If I'm a writer and I'm looking for festivals, that's one thing. Is, is there a big name attached to it? Or is there a name that has done something last 10 years? If you look up It and It Chapter 2, then obviously it's, they're big horror films. So you can, you can see that a mentor like her is, is super legit, right? So I, that's what I think attracts a lot of people's origins are the mentors. A screenplay competition or festival could really help a screenwriter kick off their career. I know there's a whole bunch of companies out there. There's ScreenCraft, those types of companies, which actually do things. What you want to look for is the history of the company. So when you're looking for a screenplay company to submit to, look at their history, see what they've done. Look to see the success stories. If there are no success stories, then that's a red flag. I would also look at like the prices, you know, if the prices are crazy, you look at the person who started the uh, the festival or the competition and there's no background on them. That's a red flag. But typically these websites, their websites will show, I mean, reach out to some of the people who submit. If you reach out to them and ask them their opinions on the festival, they could give you some good advice on what they thought worked with the festival or what didn't work or Maybe they had a bad experience or whatnot. That is something I would do is reach out, just reach out to uh, winners or finalists. Yeah, talk to the people who are touted winners and see it, what they got from it. Writers, I would reach out to filmmakers of the same festival and try to connect with the producers. If you're not able to attend a film festival to meet in person, you could always reach out and say, hey, you know, I was an official selection for Horton's 2021 as a short screenplay. Would you be interested in possibly collaborating? And you can reach out to directors. They might be interested. Uh, the producers, they might be interested. And hopefully, as we grow, we'll be able to establish that type of relationship in person as more people start coming out to our festival. But if you're not able to attend, I recommend, even if it's not Hordens, I recommend reaching out to other film festivals that you might be, you know, alumni to. That's a great idea. You know what would be really fun is your next Hargens that you have in person next year. It'd be really fun to like do a screenwriters podcast live from Hargens and get some of the screenwriters that have been nominated or finalists to come on the show like live. That would be amazing, and I'm 100% on board if you guys want to do that. <laughs> that sounds wonderful. Maybe Katie will join yeah, me, or maybe Ariel will be around, or maybe it could be me, Ariel, and Katie, and it would just like have the trifecta, the unholy yeah. trinity of of screenwriters <laughs> podcast hosts. Yeah, that'd be awesome. We could uh, set you know like a area up for you guys at the theater. We're currently doing our festival now in Tucson, Arizona. It's a bigger theater. We have more room. We have area for vendors. We weren't able to do vendors this year because we actually switched from Atlanta to Tucson in September, a couple of days after my newest son was born. So I decided, you know, kind of last minute to change venue locations because it was going to make everything easier on me with the new baby. But with more planning this year, it's going to be a, a way bigger event. Pretty sure we're going to partner with Slaughterhouse again, which Armand mentioned earlier. It was actually on that TV show called Ghost Adventures. Have you guys seen that? It was yeah, working... Zach Bagans. Yeah, Zach Bagans. Yeah, that's my, that's my jam, yeah. that oh show. Oh, my God. Yeah. Watch, Zach is my man. Watch, did you watch the one with uh, Post Malone? <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, I've, I've seen every episode of Ghost Adventures. He's like, did, awesome. I? Yeah. did I? Did I? Twice. 
I cannot believe my DVR. you can watch that show. I like. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's so funny. great. I mean, it's Zach so Bagans is top. like Zach Bagans is like the alpha male ghost hunter. He's the best. <laughs> uh, he's fun. the Eli Roth of ghost hunting. <laughs> we would love to like come out and like physically be there. Katie, you don't want, don't you want to take a trip to Tucson and like sit in with? Yeah, Beth I'm Horizons? actually I'm I'm close. I'm I'm right next to Arizona over in Cali, oh. so I would I yeah, that's easy oh. for me. Katie's there. Katie's there. I'm there. I'm already there. Let's do it, guys. Let's do it. Okay. I'm writing it down so it's official. We're doing it. That'll be a lot of fun. And we'll actually do it live. I will figure out a way to do it live. I think like Anchor or one of these sites that we're on has to be have a live thing or or it'll be semi live. We'll do like, you know, we'll upload it as we go along or something. Mm -hmm. That sounds good. I'll run away, though, because like I told you live that scares me oh that's actually our last question that we want to ask you guys before we let you break and i'll let katie ask it this time because we like trade off asking it even though it's the Mm. same question yes but we are going to give uh of course our listeners some insight into what uh what kind of screenplays are going to be catching your interest for horror because we want to know what scares you dun 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 Okay, that's actually a great question. I have dreams. Like, I'll, I'll tell you about one of my dreams that scares me. Uh, I had a dream maybe like a year ago where I was, I don't know how, because there's no like swamps or water near my house. But in my dream, there was. And I remember my, but at the time she was what, maybe one and a half. She was by the water and I saw an alligator in the water. And I was running in slow motion to get her and the alligator was going towards my one and a half year old. So oh my God, that's yeah, I, my biggest fear is something happening to my kids and I'm seeing it happen and I can't stop it. Oh my that, gosh. That's, just, that's genuinely terrifying. I've got to yeah. be a little bit closer right now. Like <laughs> just thinking about that. That's, those are Stephen King thoughts. That's what I call those. It's not really, you know, like ghost or supernatural, paranormal, whatever. It's more like the, the real life horror that scares me. How about you, Ramon? Yeah. So I don't have kids. Not yet, at least. Yeah. But I know. Uh, so, so that you know of. Scary, now that's scary. No, that's scary thought. I gotta, I gotta, call, I gotta call in eighteen years. No, um, <laughs> I'm big on like things that make you fear your own home. So movies like that. Mm-hmm. So those, those simple yet effective haunted house stories. Sometimes I suffer from sleep paralysis. So those are those that scares me. Like sleep paralysis scares me. Like, like oh, I've had that. Scary and not being able to do anything. Like not being able to react to certain situations like that. So like yeah. sleep paralysis scares me. This is like weird. But you know how people are afraid of spiders? I actually have something called trypophobia. Are you familiar with that? Oh, isn't that oh. the thing where it's like where where you see like little holes in people's skin yeah. and stuff? And it's like they they have those like videos and like the little like flip books where people you can like yeah. see the these images of like things that trigger tryptophobia. It's like holes, exactly. right? Holes, yeah, yeah, cluster no, holes. Stop! Yeah. What is yeah. that? <laughs> actually, a lot of people have a lot of people have it. So. Um, oh my god! Yeah. Someone should make a, a film, but not. It's not arachnophobia. It's tryptophobia. <laughs> I think yeah. Tri- tri- I think it's tri- pronounced tryptophobia. Tryptophobia. The yeah. film. Well, can I ask you a imagine? question about your sleep paralysis? Ooh, go ahead. When you have it, do you see the figures? It was twice. And you saw them? Yep. Because <sighs> yep. uh, not all people do. Sometimes it's just the sensation of not being able to move your body when you're conscious. But like, I know when I had mine, I could, there were distinct figures that I could see. And yeah, it yeah. was like, it was like crossing uh, the veil. It was so scary. Jesus. It was twice. But then 
what's funny is when it happened, it was a week apart. I'm not going to sleep tonight. I'm not going to sleep. It's it, guys. It's ten o'clock on the East Coast. I'm not going to sleep tonight. It's not about sleeping, Patrick. It's about I'm waking terrified up. terrified right now. I'm supposed to go to bed in like a half hour, and you guys are talking about creatures and para paralysis and all this stuff. Can I tell you guys real quick? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, cool. So one night it was probably like I don't know three in the morning, right? I was sleeping and I got sleep paralysis, and uh, I remember like being facing away from my wife and I could hear both my sons like yelling for help and I couldn't get up right and then I remember like out of the corner of my eye my daughter the one that you know uh I had the dream about with the alligator she's pointing at the corner of our bedroom oh no she, yeah she was saying man <sighs> in the corner but I couldn't move and then my wife told me somebody's in the house oh, and um yeah, it was it was pretty scary, but she was like trying to wake me up because she thought I was sleeping, but I could hear her. I could hear everything going on. I could see it out of my peripherals and everything, but I couldn't like tell her that I was up. I was like stuck, right? So it turned out to just be a dream. And the next morning, whenever I woke up, she was in the shower and I went in. I, I was like, I got to tell you about this cre creepy dream I had last night. And I started telling her, she's like, wait, stop right there. And I stopped and she she finished my dream for me and no way are you kidding me no it was a, it was a shared dream experience crazy right yeah. do you still insane. live in that house yes we still live there no get oh out man get out. get out now yeah i think this happened probably about a year year and a half ago so you know we're good we're good we're still here well i'll just i'll quote one of my another podcast i listened to scared to death don't be a darren if it happens again get out gtfo oh, yeah. right <laughs> on that note i'm gonna go to sleep now but thank yeah. you for joining uh, where can people find you if they want to reach out to either one of you are you guys on the the social nets are you guys like responsive you know if anybody has a question about something or Oh, yeah, for sure. You know, first, uh, Horrigans, we're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at Horrigans. That's H-O-R-R-O-R-I-G-I-N-S. A lot of people like to do horror origins and find us that way. And then, you know, I'm on Facebook, Brandon Waits. Instagram and Twitter are both at Brandon underscore W-8-S. Yeah, and all my socials are straightforward. Ermon Brody, E-R-M-A-N-B-A-R-A-D-I. Awesome, awesome. And we'll give our listeners that code we discussed uh, before this interview, 15% off Friends of Horrigins code, which gives them 15% off their submission on Film Freeway. That is super gracious of you guys. Thank you so much for doing that. Yeah, no problem. Thank you for uh, hosting us on your show and being a part of the Horrigins family. And we look forward to seeing you know all the great writers out there submit their work. Yeah, absolutely. And Armand, thank you as well. And we'll see you both next year live at Horrigins. I'm going to like commit to this live at Horrigins and can't wait for that. If you're not yeah. there, we're going to refer back to this interview. But like, hey, yeah. <laughs> I'll be, I will be there. I will be there. Thank you guys so much. Yes, and thank have you a great very much. rest of your night. Thank you. Take care, folks. I mean, I know I learned something from that conversation, didn't you, Katie, about film festivals that I didn't even know before, all the ins and outs. I, you know, there's a lot going on there. It's really quite complex, and it's definitely a full job in itself to devote your almost your life to a film festival. It takes a lot of effort.
Yeah, I've always been really curious about how one starts a film festival and builds that base and becomes, you know, one worth watching because it seems like, you know, anyone with a theater and an aptitude could do it, but it, there's so much more that goes into it. And it was so interesting to hear all of that. And I don't know about you, but I'm geared up to start writing something for next season. For sure. I'm geared up to submit my screenplay Daughters of the Moon to 500 more screenplay festivals this year and spend another $5,000 on entry fees. I'm inspired. It was so great to hear all of the ways in which they're helping not just be with recognition, but also connection. You know, I find very often we get caught like, oh, how many laurels can I have? And it sounds like they're really looking to help make connections in the industry and also give back everything that they've done and uh, really have that overall representation so they can build up new writers, not just be another, you know, competition for a laurel kind of thing. Definitely, definitely. And again, we did learn a little bit also about the screenplay fest world. So if you enjoyed today's episode, definitely head back in time to season one, episode 19 with Vanessa from Renegade Film Festival. That is a fabulous conversation also. And it gives Mm -hmm. uh, just another context for film festivals and a little bit more uh, in-depth as well. So check that one out if you haven't already. And as I speak about this, I'm looking at my phone, and it just turns out that I am a finalist myself in a screenwriting festival called 13horror.com Film Festival, a finalist for Daughters of the Moon. Congratulations. Come on down. Yeah, I'm super excited about that. So we got the music today. I think we We got the tunes. We got the rhythm. I am dancing. It's it's a good time. So yeah, I, I I do think we have a little jingle going down. So I think we should start a jingle company for screenwriting and film festivals where we can create their jingle theme song. What do you think? Uh, yeah, and what well, and you know what? People can submit it with their screenplays to make it more yes. appealing. Yes. What a like, great this idea. This is Daughters of the Moon. It's about da- werewolves and daughters. Oh, I love it. It's great. Then, yeah, then we can hire that intern. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, we are looking for an intern on Screenwriters Podcast. I am not joking. I I need an intern to help me out uh, at some of these episodes because uh, yeah, it's getting it's getting like it's getting a lot. If there's anyone out there young and and hungry for being in the podcast game and loves horror, please please reach out to us. Katie, you're coming back next week, right? I I will be back next week. Coming back next week. Just stick, I'm not stick going with anywhere. Yeah, stick with I'm me just, here. I'm, yeah. Glad to have you back next week. But let us know if you want to intern for Katie and I. It'd be a little bit more for me than Katie because I've been taking on a lot of this this editing of pod, the podcast episodes, which is it's exhausting. It's a lot of work, and I want to focus on writing. I, I don't want to focus on editing. So if you're again up and coming, wanting into podcasting, love horror, love everything screenwriting, please hit me up. Uh, and I will tell you how you can do that on all of our social networks now. Uh, in the meantime, we'll catch you next week. But until then, hit us up at Screenwriters PC on Twitter, at Screenwriters Podcast on Instagram. We are also on Facebook. Yeah, hit us up, say hi, and uh, we'll see you next week. Until then, keep writing. And stay scared. Bye-bye.